0: Welcome to Talking Giants player profiles and projections. The final week of the 2021 P.P.P. season. So we got our first round pick today. We got our running back Saquon Barkley tomorrow, and then we'll finish off with Daniel Jones. But our first round pick, Kadarius Tony, five foot 11, five, 6 foot. He's six foot, five foot 11, five eighths inch, Not, uh, 193 pounds. Ran a 7 40 at his pro day, 39 and a half inch vertical jump. Justin, he was the Giants' first-round pick after trading down to pick 20 from pick 11. We didn't expect the world out of Kadarius Tony in year one because of the wide receiver uh, situation, but it's been a crazy, crazy slow start due to COVID and possibly some type of hamstring injury. And here's just what I want to say, Justin. I I don't want him. I don't need him to come out and be the best receiver on the team right away. I just want to see him play. Like I am so. I am yearning, I am itching to see Kadarius Tony play in a New York Giants jersey.
1: Yeah, uh, certainly a complicated spring and a complicated summer. I mean, if you talk to a lot of the beat reporters that we've talked to, they've said that they've never seen quite the road that Kadarius Tony has kind of went on in terms of him not practicing and him not being there. You know, however, I, I think that it, it's pretty well known at this point, and it's pretty well inferred with... Uh, informed opinion and informed inference that it was COVID that slowed him down and i'm i'm never you're never gonna fault somebody for you know being slowed down by a virus you know bobby you say the line all the time by a virus that you know hundreds of thousands if not you know millions of americans have have had over the past you know how you know two two years almost run to at this point so uh you know my mom
0: my sister and Kader's tony are scumbags for getting the virus
1: hey relax easy now um yeah, so I started the spring and I started the summer kind of just saying that I just want to see this guy practice. And now we're at a point where just want to see him play. And it is expected that he is going to play week one, which is a welcome sign. At this point, we just want to see him play. And it's optimistic that he is going to play week one. And I'm extremely excited for that because this dude, Bobby, like Darius Tony, is the type of player that, you know, he's not relying on his route running. He's not relying on like his wide receiver separation. I don't really think that Kadarius Tony is going to be relying on his like chemistry with Daniel Jones or his relationship with the scheme and the knowledge of the scheme. Not this as is, a rookie,
0: at least. This is
1: just a dude where you want to get the ball in his hands and you just want to let him work and see what happens. And that's what I kind of want to see right away uh, from, the, from the get-go.
0: He's a game-changing player. He had 70 catches for 984 yards and 10 touchdowns. Uh, his senior year at Florida, um, and then he had 19 carries for 161 yards, 8.5 yards uh, per pop, and a touchdown on the ground. And he can just be used in so many different ways. And if you go look at my film, Breakdown, uh, I did of him, you know, you look at that SEC championship uh, game versus Alabama. He had over 100 yards, had a touchdown, burning their corner. And then they were giving him handoffs and bubble screens. It's just, like you said, he he is a simple player. Because he has that quick quick twitch ability um like to, you know he breaks tackles like crazy like he just doesn't go to the ground um it's it's kind of like it almost like makes you like squ- like school squ- it makes you like scream or whatever when you see him like bend the way he does at times yeah you know good hands. so he, you know he had, he had zero drops his last year for the gators and he is a game-changing player now at, at pick 20 was he wasn't even on our radar when we traded down we weren't really thinking of tony it was, it was I mean, I was like, they're gonna take Quiddy Pay. You know, we thought they were looking at him at pick eleven almost. While I did have other receivers ahead of him that were available, I also can like point out that like, hey, Kadarius Tony can do stuff that Terrace Marshall Jr. can't do, yeah. and Deami Brown can't do, and Rashad Bateman can't do. Like, he he can do things that ninety nine percent of players in the NFL can't do. And if he can be used creatively, which I know we, we harp on Jason Garrett, but if there's one thing that last preseason game showed, if they're going to use the different types of emotions and fake handoffs and stuff, like they can, if a good offensive coordinator, not even a good offensive coordinator, with him, with Saquon Barkley, with Daniel Jones' legs, can have some fun with this player. And that's what I want him to be a fun player. I don't need him to be Sterling Shepard, 80% catch rate York year. I just want to like lead this year and be like, that was a fun player to watch and I'm happy with him.
1: Well, fun fact, Kadarius Tony's career catch rate at Florida over three years. What was his catch rate, Bobby? You tell me. 80%. Bam! So, uh, it doesn't always translate from college to the pros like that, but, um, you know... Cadareous Tony was a slot wide receiver primarily, especially his senior year. 784 slot yards, that was 6th in the nation last year. 70 catches, 984 yards overall is his, you know, his final year at Florida. 20 forced missed tackles, which was 5th in the nation. 35% of, the, of his touches since 2018, he forced a missed tackle. That's kind of bizarre. <laughs> That's really, really crazy. And what we're really relying on in this Giants offense right now is players that can kind of Overexceed the expectations of the scheme, right? Uh, Saquon Barkley and Kadarius Tony, I feel like, are two of these players where again, you just want to get the ball in their hands and see what happens. Get the ball in their hands with a slither amount of space, a slither amount of room in front of them, and just see what happens. And in this offense, where I'm critical of Jason Garrett's offense, where so much of receivers catching the ball or to their backs or to the end zone, well. There's not a guy on this team who I would rather have to catch a ball with his back to the end zone because his ability to turn around and his fast switch muscle fibers is unlike any other, kind of like you were touching on before. 6.8 yards after the catch per reception, too, which is kind of nuts. That's kind of nuts.
0: Yeah, and obviously, you know, these are college numbers, so they don't translate, like, directly, but it's like, you know what, he was, like, the best in college. And you look at, like, his pro day numbers. And NFL Next Gen has, like, their athletic, like, scorecard or whatever. Oh, yeah. He was the top of this class. Him and Jamar Chase were both, like, you know, 99 rate ratings for athleticism, the top of the class. So, for his rookie year, like, one, he needs to get better timing on his route running. Like, you, you know the South Carolina play where he basically, like, does, like, a backwards, like, reverse spin on on the in route, and he catches it and takes it for, like, a touchdown, I think. Like, that play... It's cool, but also here, you know what we don't want you doing in the NFL is that type of route. Just, you know, break it the same way. Unless you know, there's some type of design in that. But, like, your Rodgers, your QB in the NFL, especially in this Jason Garrett offense, when he is just lining up in the slot and not, like, design touches for, for Kadarius, is timing. Like, timing is big, and it's even bigger in this Jason Garrett offense. Like, it is a big part of this offense is timing. Like, if, you know, Jones is reading the coverage – Bam! Short, quick, breaking routes, especially on that stick concept, timing. So he needs to be able to trust, like Daniel Jones needs to be able to trust Kadarius Tony on his timing. And there's no reason for him to not be out there on some of those plays. You know, like I said, we don't have, we don't expect the world from his rookie season, but you know, I'd rather him be out there than CJ Board, you know, running yep. a slant on on third and five when they're running a stick concept on the backside. So he's just got to like that's what he's got to get at. But he's a world class athlete. Like I said, top percentile of the class. So there's no, if he's a hard worker, there's no reason for him to not be a good route runner. Like, route running is learned. I don't think he's ever going to be Jerry Rice type level, but there's no reason that we should, like, look at it from two years from now and be like, Kader is a bad route runner. Like, if he puts in the work and stays healthy, he can be a good route runner.
1: Yeah. Um, but for this year, really, my expectations are go out there and just be that athlete. Uh, I'm not. Not like I said, you know, you said earlier on not expecting Sterling Shepard 80% 80 catch rate being the best route runner on the team where you're creating separation at will. But you know what? Those plays where Sterling Shepard would get those wide receiver sweeps. That should be Kadarius Tony this year. You know, Shepard isn't the guy that has the most straight line speed. That should be Kadarius Tony this year. Um, They have started to use some pre snap motion. I would like to see more motion at the snap. Because when you utilize motion at the snap, you are allowing players to get momentum under their feet. And then you have that advantage at the snap of the ball of beating a guy off the line of scrimmage, beating a defender that probably isn't moving as fast as that offensive player is. So using him in those types of ways where it's simple. I'm not, I really don't think pre snap motion and motion at the snap is this such complicated thing that. The Giants offense can't handle, and, oh, Jones uh, Jones doesn't process things well, blah, blah, blah. I don't think he can. They can handle it. They can handle it. And Kadarius Tony is the athlete that you really want to use him with. And, you know, even though he's not necessarily the – biggest play option like we're going to look at uh, Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton being the big play options in this offense at least throwing the ball down the field you know why can't Kadarius Toney take the top off of uh you know the defense sometimes four of his touchdowns came from 20 plus yards last year in Florida so why Agreed. not
0: and Kadarius Toney like <clears throat> is he a slot receiver yes but also like you could doesn't mean you don't line him up outside like there should be reps this year where Kadarius Toney is at on the outside and and Sterling Shepard is in the slot next to him. Like, there's no reason they shouldn't do that because he does have the speed. He's not like Tyreek Hill. Uh, I don't think he has, like, you know, the Rondé Moore type speed. But he does have, like, burner speed. Not the top, top burners, but he does, like, you know, look at that first touchdown versus Alabama. You just put him on a, on a go route, outside release, and burns his cornerback, you know, and that's an Alabama guy. So there's no reason why he can't do that at the NFL level when they get certain looks. So. Yeah, I mean, use him in different ways. It sucks that he hasn't gotten the practice. Like, it really does suck. Um, you know, it seemed, you know they were ramping him up and then sh- basically shut him down. But, you know, according to Tom Rock, they expect him to be ready for week one. And I want to see him use in the punt return game, too. Like, yes. why, why shouldn't Kadarius Tony be our punt returner? You yeah, know, or are we, CJ like, Board, like, Jabril's done an all right job. But if Jabril had been a game changer in the punt return game, absolutely not. Like who on this team do you think deserves reps at the punt returner more than Kadarius Tony would?
1: Yeah, and if Kadarius Tony's not going to be getting some, you know, seventy eighty percent of the reps as a wide receiver, especially to start. I mean, we were talking about Kadarius Tony not getting seventy to eighty percent of the reps before all the COVID stuff and before him not even suiting up for training camp. And I think the fact that he he basically missed all of training camp, didn't play in a single preseason game. I definitely think that's that's not even a question in terms of this guy is probably going to be getting. 50% of the snaps at least to start the season. I met that's maybe even shooting a little high. Use this guy in different ways, just get the ball in his hands. That's the main goal for Kadarius Tony this year. Get the ball in his hands and be the playmaker you were in college with the ball in your hands. That is my goal. It's uh I, it's kind of simple, but that's the goal for, for, for Kadarius Tony this year.
0: I have my eyes closed. And I'm just imagining that first broken tackle. Do you think he should switch to number 17 or something else from number 89, which he basically I, said he was going to do when he got to number 89? I really wanted him to go 17. I thought that would have been cool. Seventeen. He still can. I mean, 17 wasn't available, and then Clayton Thorson was horrible, and then he got concussed. Now you 17. can open your eyes now. Seventeen. nope, I'm imagining him wearing number 17, <laughs> juking the life out of Patrick Sertain, and being like, that's what I do that's what i do young joker and he's a great rapper his raps are beautiful and he is a lyrical I agree. genius.
1: i made a meme i made a meme of his um i forget what the meme was i think it's when everybody it was, was excited the- about david sills and i was saying how excited i am for young joker's rap career and he reposted it on a story and and he was trolling uh he was trolling the trollers in our instagram comments and i loved it he
0: went on our instagram Yep. So, Kadiras Tony, talking Giants versus the world. How about you shock the world? All right, let's take a break. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. We have sexy Dexy, Dexter. Lawrence, six foot four, three 342 pounds, the 23-year-old first-round pick out of Clemson. We all remember the Daniel Jones and DeAndre Baker first-round picks of 2019. Right in the middle, the meat of that sandwich was Dexter Lawrence. He's entering year, year three. Defenders seem to break out in year three. But it's not crazy to say with Dexter Lawrence because he's already been good. Like, he has a baseline of a really good football player. But, Justin... For him to break out this year, he needs to be a game wrecker, and I think that is 100% possible for Dexter Lawrence. Hmm.
1: I have a trivia question for you, and then also just a general question, so I'll start off with a general question. Is Dexter Lawrence the best Dave Gettleman draft pick of the Giants so far?
0: So, are we talking just best player drafted, or best, like, pick?
1: You You can give me both answers if they're both different.
0: Saquon Barkley is the best player he's drafted.
1: Okay, then best pick.
0: See, well, we're only considering Giants because James Bradbury. I would say it'd be his best pick. Yeah. Um. But people will say the defensive tackle positional value thing. Um. Which I think we we if you if you've listened to us and you
1: listened to us last year, we've kind of went away from that overall belief of you know well. You don't want to pay your defensive tackles, maybe like twenty million dollars, except Leonard Williams. I think is, a, is an exception because he can get a lot of sacks for you. But you don't want to pay those guys. But certainly drafting those guys and getting five, you know, four or five years of value out of them—that's not a bad thing, especially when you want your linebackers and defensive backs to play back. So go ahead, answer answer the
0: question. Uh, I answer, guess so. I guess so. Who would who would be who would be competing for that?
1: To be determined with the. I guess, Daniel Jones and Andrew Thomas, but at least definitely out of the, you know, the 2018, 2019 draft class, even though Saquon in there just because say running back position and you, you get, you get hurt and Saquon hasn't really been out there. and Dexter Lawrence has been out there for, you know, I think he started every game. He's played every game. You know, the thing with Dexter Lawrence is, so here's the trivia question. Um, the fact that I'm asking it probably means that you're going to know the answer, but Did Dexter Lawrence play more snaps in 2019 or 2020? What year did he play more snaps in?
0: 2019, he played 63%. 2020, he played 60%.
1: But uh, 2020, he had a much better year.
0: And he had better numbers, too. Because he's got better! Because it was the second year, and he's going to get even better his third year. Anybody, like, so, you know, I follow some people who do, like, film breakdowns and stuff. And whenever they watch the Giants, there's one thing that they always say. Dexter. Dexter Lawrence is really good. And they start posting clips and like, look at this, like Dexter Lawrence doesn't have bad plays. Do you remember like a, oh my gosh, Dexter Lawrence got washed out on that player. He he didn't eat that double team the correct way. Dexter Lawrence doesn't have bad plays. Like he is, he's a, he's a good player. So stats in 2020, (laughs) he had 53 tackles, four sacks, six tackles for loss, 10 QB hits, um, in 2019, he had 38 tackles, two and a half sacks, three tackles for loss. So he kind of like doubled his numbers in almost like every sense of of the f- like he doubled his numbers basically.
1: Yeah. The only thing that I want to see maybe go up a little bit more, but again, you have to take into account that he probably had less pass rushing opportunities in 2020 than in 2019. He had 16 pressures in 2020 versus 15 pressures in 2019. So, yes, I love that the sacks almost doubled themselves. Uh, The tackles for loss definitely did double themselves. Uh, What was the QB hits? I think that was only a difference of one.
0: Yeah, nine in 2019, 10 in 2020.
1: So here's my theory while I'm being nitpicky with Dexter Lawrence and saying how I want it to go up. Here's my theory and here is my path for Dexter Lawrence to break out this year. My path. The Giants are going to blitz more up front, play more man coverage on the back end. Right? We you know, you just did a film breakdown from the 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 Pats preseason game where there was how many third downs, Patrick Graham, you, you kind of broke down and how many times was he? Or with the things?
0: starters and the Patriots went oh for one for four, but the one was uh holding penalty on James Bradbury. There you go. So
1: Giants are going to be running more, a little bit more man coverage, and they're definitely going to be blitzing a little bit more on the front end and being more aggressive. That is going to cause quarterbacks, instead of taking those five-step drops, those big five-step drops that maybe they would take last year, because the Giants aren't blitzing that much, or they don't have a talented edge room. You know, it takes time for Leonard Williams to get back there because that's really what you want to avoid with this Giants defense in terms of a pass rush. You want to avoid that interior line from collapsing. So if you take those five-step drops, you're getting further away from that pocket and then you're relying on your edge rushers. Well, this year, because they're going to be blitzing more, I think teams are going to prioritize eventually those three-step drops and trying to get the trying to get rid of the ball more quickly. Well, if the coverage is good on the back end like it was last year, It will cause quarterbacks to hold on to the ball for longer. And if quarterbacks are taking three-step drops, that is a clear path for guys like Dexter Lawrence to get to the quarterback. So even if he doesn't produce uh, like a bunch of sacks, even if he doesn't even break five sacks, I'm expecting pressures, QB hits to go off for Dexter Lawrence this year because that's what I'm expecting opposing offenses to try and respond to Patrick Graham blitzing more, playing more man coverage, trying to get the ball out more quickly. That's what I'm expecting, and that's the path for Dexter Lawrence to get even better this year.
0: And I think he's like you know, this idea that like, oh, they got a run stuff It's Like, yeah, is he obviously a much better run defender than pass defender and is he, you know, the Aaron Donald from the inside? No. But like he's a good he's a good pass rusher from that defensive tackle three technique spot. And I think he's gonna be have even a bigger year as he gets better in that for some of the reasons that you mentioned. You know, with the blitzing. Um, you know, without like he played sixty and plus he played sixty percent of the reps, and the Dalvin Tomlinson departure should increase that. But honestly, what I think might increase it a little more, because Danny Shelton and Austin Johnson, I think, will fill Dalvin's reps. B.J. Hill departure. Yep. I know we're talking about it, like you know, it just happened. But B.J. Hill played on a lot of pass rushing downs, and I think they're going to give that to Dexter. Now I know that they, Sean Spencer and Patrick Graham, wants to keep these guys fresh, so that's not a guarantee. But he should see a little bit more and more pass rushing uh, ability, and him being that run defender is what allows these guys to get in third and long. And for you to be able to put him out there and have him control the run game with Leonard Williams allows your linebackers to drop back. He should have good stats this year. Like I looked at Quentin Williams had seven sacks and 10 tackles for a loss last year. That's kind of what I want for Dex. Maybe not the seven sack number, but he should be getting double digit tackles for a loss. Yep. Like that should be the part of the breakout is Dexter Lawrence is getting double digit tackle for a loss.
1: 20 pressures, double digit tackles for loss. Um, continue to break the double-digit QB hit mark too. That's that's what I want. And tackles sure go up too. Um what are you, fifty-three total tackles last year? I mean, that should go up too. I mean, you know, it's a lot I'm,
0: for someone who played sixty percent of the reps.
1: <laughs> that is a lot. It also helps when you only missed two tackles all of last year too, and those came from back-to-back games somewhat early in the year. So again, that goes to the whole point of you know, uh, Dexter Lawrence is not making any glaring mistakes. Also, what I like about Dexter Lawrence too, Bobby, I, I saw this in the Cleveland game. Saw this in the Cincinnati game, and I most notably remember it from the 2019 game against Minnesota, where he like chased Dalvin Cook down on a screen. Guy's a motor, and you know, granted, he's not going to be JPP in 2011 running down a. Uh, That's receivers. something that Patrick Graham
0: noticed in his first interview with the Giants. He brought up like deck, like this guy will chase down a screenplay.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, there was a play against Cincinnati last year. Um, where it was in the second quarter on a second down, there's like a running back screen. Running back catches the ball, gets it, gets in a few steps, and Dexter Lawrence just chases this guy down. So Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, he's gonna be smart. He's going to be a smart IQ high intelligence football player where if there's a screen that's kind of developing on either side of the football field and if he's nearby it he's not necessarily just going to go chase that bait, you know, take the bait and go after the quarterback. He's going to try and make a play on the football which is really really smart um and he can keep up with those guys too, which is really impressive.
0: Who do you think was the most productive edge rusher for the Giants in 2020?
1: Um I kind of want to say It was either O'Shane or Marcus Golden.
0: Kyler Fakro, not twenty nineteen. I totally forgot. Yeah, twenty twenty. Kyler Fakro. I forgot he existed. So Kyler Fakro, even though he missed four games, he only played forty seven less reps than than Dexter Lawrence. They had the same amount of sacks four, and the same QB hits ten. So it's like, oh, he's you know he's he doesn't rush the passer. It's like, well, now granted their edge group was very weak at pressure. Yeah, that's not not a great comparison. But still, like he <laughs> yeah. had, he had the same amount of production, like rushing the passer, as our best edge rusher. Yep. And Kyler Frakrell, well, not great. He's not a slouch either. Honestly, the Giants should have brought him back. It's probably maybe their biggest blunder of the offseason was not bringing Kyler Frakrell back and bringing Ryan Anderson in. Yep. Um, for more, for more money than Kyler Frakrell. And Ryan Ryan Anderson's missing the
1: first six games of the year, so
0: yeah, because he does steroids. Which we didn't talk about that on the podcast yesterday. Yeah, but anyways.
1: Who who cares? He he's gonna miss six weeks and he may have, I mean that may he may have bought himself a roster spot by missing six games because the roster spot won't <laughs> count for the first six weeks of the season. Kind of bizarre. Maybe a long con by Ryan Anderson. But uh Ryan Anderson,
0: come hang out with us for the next six weeks.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Long con uh not a long con sorry. Um one of the best moments from last year was uh Dexter Lawrence running over Chad Wheeler against Seattle.
0: Very good moment. Very good moment. They abused Chadwick. I shouldn't have said that word. I didn't even oh, mean that. Man. I, I promise you, I did not mean that in. You, a, but you I promise, right I didn't that. mean that in a joking way because that's. You know me. I like to make jokes about everything. That wasn't funny. No. Um. But I'm glad that they bullied his punk ass. All right. Anything else on Dexter Lawrence? No.
1: Roof for Break the guys out, in blue. Roof for the guys in blue. I'm all, I'm only allowed to say that two more times this PPP season. So roof for the guys in blue. We're rooting for you, Dexter Lawrence. This is probably the most likely breakout candidate and the guy that makes the most sense on this team right now, especially on this defense. So,
0: you know, hey. All pro. All pro for Dexter Lawrence. That's your prediction. I love it. Let's do it. All pro. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go Big Blue.